0: Welcome to the family
1: with... Packmaster, Ralph Dwayne Vashem, MD.
3: Co-host, Catherine Brandt.
1: Special guest...
3: Tracy Morgan, I'm a black dude. What's (laughs) happening, America? (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, white people. I'm here to add some flavor to the show. That's crazy. And Craig Gass. And... This is Gene Simmons from KISS, <laughs> if you miss any part of today's podcast, you can download them now for $59.95 at KISS.online.com. <laughs> also brought to you by Al Pacino. Have you had your Al Pacino Frappuccino? <laughs> Go to Dunkin' Donuts for your Al Pacino okay. Frappuccino. I hope we're
0: recording this. Also oh,
3: brought to you, you by Christopher Walken. Hi, Nobody gave me a podcast. <laughs> Christopher Walken. He has no podcast. And brought to you by Tom Arnold.
2: Do you have a problem with cocaine like me? Uh, you, you have two choices keep buying more cocaine or call me. My name's Tom Arnold, and I'll give you my phone number if you go to tomarnold.com.
3: And also brought to you by Andy Adam Sandler.
2: Bernard. Adam Sandler.
3: Oh. I'm a Jew. shibby <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: know. This is really uh, this is really neat for me Craig gass by the way uh, stand-up comedian I'm usually funny he might need to Google that because oh, here um, we go um, this uh, gives me an opportunity uh, in this format to have just a conversation and there's we absolutely and there's there's things I would love to just ask you about I'm, I'm feeling really reflective I think every, I like every time I come to Minneapolis I feel really reflective because my old roommate uh, Mitch Hedberg, was was oh, from yeah. here yep. and, right. absolutely. and I, I miss him. And I love him. And uh, so uh, I find myself feeling re- really reflective about life every time I come here. And yeah, sure. And, uh, and I'm a fan Did of him. Did you meet him here? Um, I met him in Seattle at oh. a comedy club. I was his opening act at a, at a comedy club. I've never met a more well-put-together man. Um, he, he was incredibly kind and uh, uh, selfless. Um was independent he could cook really? um he had pretty clean uh uh <laughs> <laughs> he, could, he was he was a clean person he clean. he, he had good. a uh he had really all that i could see one flaw and that one flaw killed him was yeah, his right. his drug addiction right. and um that yep. was really sad obviously but when i come here I, I i end up um reaching out to his family inviting them out oh, to the show good. and and uh, but uh, I'm also a fan of radio. Uh, I started in radio 26 years ago with a guy named Bob Rivers and Twisted Radio. Up, I love up in... Bob Rivers; a great guy. Oh man, Bob! Bob introduced me to the industry, and I'm, I'm such a fan of the industry and the stories and the perspective that you have from sitting where you're at. Because obviously, I love comedy. I'm I'm in love with comedy,
4: mm-hmm.
2: but you have a unique perspective, and I I've. I'd like to ask you, in your time, who were your favorite comedians that you ever had on, and why? And who were your least favorite that you had on, and why? We'll be
0: back in two minutes, and also on the show.
1: Andy Bramper. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Cassie Schrader. Back in
3: two minutes more with
0: Craig Gass. (laughs) And Gene
3: Simmons from Kiss Again.
4: (laughs)
0: It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. been good. And how do they contact you?
4: And, uh, e- either through our website, which is MinnesotaPersonalInjury.com, MinnesotaPersonalInjury.com, or at 800 770 7008. Michael Bryant,
0: Bradshaw, and Bryant. are Automotive introduces the new kids on the block, not the band, it's their three newest dealerships. Experience the walls Way at and Nissan on 394 or Walzer Polar Chev and Walzer Polar Mazda on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake. I've had all three general managers on the podcast, and I can honestly say that Mike, John, and Brett are some of the finest car people in the seven-county mosquito control district. This month, in addition to great deals, they're searching for used cars and will pay Kelly, Blue Book, excellent, whether you trade or sell outright. Some reconditioning can apply, so please, no flood cars from Apple Valley. So, If you're shopping for a new or used Chevy, Mazda, or Nissan, check out the new kids on the block. Don't tell them Tom sent you. Just show up and be amazed. That stuff never works anyway.
2: Pretty interesting. Those are the conversations that... Specifically, I wanted to come to have with you. I wanted to be able to talk to you about the kind of stuff that you would normally have a conversation about off the air because it's not the format for it. So, right. Right. Um, so being able to talk to you in this format and say, you know, you you have a very interesting perspective because you've had so many people sit in front of you. Yeah, thirty and, and four years now. And you also have a you know, there's there's needs that you need to have met. For your audience, you know, you, you, you want to make sure a guest comes in and yep. is entertaining. So not a lot of people know that there's, from your point of view, you want your guest to come in and take over and make your job easy and, and entertain your audience. And not mm-hmm. a lot of comedians, surprisingly, get that. No, or, they don't. Or, they can
1: or can do that. Or can do that, that's that's
2: yeah. yeah. And it's for a variety of reasons. There's comedians who don't want to burn their material... Yeah, or but, um, yeah. or they want to be interviewed. They don't want to be funny on the air. They want to be interviewed. and that's Which is what I do anyway. Is I don't
0: ever ask them to do their act. never. No. Yeah. I don't ever do that. Just whatever you want to talk about, I'm here to moderate it and, uh, and we're, we're good to go. So yeah, I don't have any problem with that at all.
2: Was there ever anybody who came in who and this might not even necessarily be comedian wise, but what I think is really interesting is in my time working in radio is I got to meet a lot of people who I love and admire and, and respect. And And sometimes they didn't meet my expectations when I got to meet them. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, there were people who I had little or no respect for, or I just didn't even really think twice about a certain individual that would come on a show, and I'd go, man, that guy was awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there anybody that fits that category, where you weren't necessarily a fan or didn't know much about them, and then they just blew your socks off?
0: God, let me think about that, because I I was thinking about people I didn't like and then people I really liked. Okay, but then
2: let's let's someone... start with that that first question was really who over the years cuz you've talked to almost mm-hmm. everyone in comedy. Who were yeah, your yeah. favorite comedians that you ever had on and why My did you like comedians?
0: them? Yeah. You no, know, we we have to set aside Louis Anderson, Nick Swartz and the local guys of got course. set them aside because we become lifelong friends. Yep. So that doesn't count. But, um, my God, there's so many. That's the whole problem. I love comedy. Love comedians, love comedy. So it's pretty tough to pick. There are some digits. Well, from the first time you came in, I loved working with you because Mm -hmm. you do so many different things. You have a different perspective. You're happy to do it. You're excited about (laughs) doing it. That's a big part of it, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were just uh, just talking about Bob Rivers. Uh, Two years ago, Catherine and I went to dinner down in Boca Raton, Florida, with Bob Rivers, Paul Castronovo from Miami, Oh yeah, of course, Brother Weeze.
3: Oh my God!
0: And, and and our wives. Wow, that was one interesting night for Catherine. I'll tell you <laughs> if
2: you don't know these names in these markets, he just named yeah. a, a king of Seattle, a king of Miami, and a and um the guy who arguably may be the mayor of Rochester, yeah, Brother yeah, Weeze. He right. is. You're he right. is. I've hung out with him in the city of Rochester before. And that was a crazy experience. Everywhere yeah, he was. went, he was, you know, constantly shaking hands, kissing babies. and um, But, yeah, so you're you're having dinner with these guys in Boca Raton. It was and phenomenal. <laughs> Catherine's like, oh, my God. I know.
1: It was just exhausting.
2: <laughs> yeah. My
0: favorite, Paul Castronell, because Paul and I have known each other for years now. And I've known Bob for a few years now. And I just met Brother Wheeze that that first time. That's the first time I ever met him. <laughs> but Paul Castronovo. we were on a, a, a panel last year in Chicago. The, the four radio people who've been on the air for over thirty years.
2: I, well, they referred to it as the Legends panel. I was there. Yeah, I'm not. I actually sat in the audience I, for that. I'm, and I'm not. I'm not
0: using the Legends Yeah, it, it, was, it was the
2: Radio Legends panel, and I, I was in the audience for that. One of the greatest parts of it is is, is uh, Steve Dahl.
4: Yep.
0: Uh, kind of kind of went after paul castronovo because paul was on his show and and doll hung up on him a few years earlier
2: oh i didn't know he, this. He,
0: he brought it up and castronovo brought it up on the panel and doll was very open about it and lamont you know from uh, yeah lamont and
2: out in san francisco you know, lamont
0: was their nicest guy in the world yeah great guy <laughs> so we're sitting up there the place is absolutely jammed and steve Dahl says yeah, I just, I just didn't like your attitude. I didn't like the way you treated me. I didn't like the way you just comport yourself. And I said, he's Italian. What do you think he was going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and Castagnolo looks at me like, what? <laughs> that was fun. That was a lot of fun. It yeah, it's, um,
2: it. uh, it's funny to, to hear radio guys, um, uh, as a comedian, to hear about those experiences. And also, I started in 1993 in radio. And everyone I met in radio... Actually, everyone I met in radio and comedy told me the same thing. Everyone said, you just missed it. Like, it it was such a party right before you got here.
3: We we did
2: coke at work. We uh, invited listeners to come in and and have sex. We we did everything here right before you got here. And then at the comedy clubs, I would hear that... uh, it was a common thing to hear at the end of a week working at a comedy club in the 80s, do you want to get paid oh, in green or white? Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. You can wow. get paid money or you get paid in Coke. And uh, <laughs> that was insane to me. Um, yes, I could see that. And uh, so I, I, I apparently just missed the party. and It's if, probably a good thing. I was literally <laughs> just about to say the same thing. It, it would have killed me because um, I, I, you know, I already damaged myself enough. To get to where I had to just stop and go, all right, I, I can't live this way anymore. But um, uh, but I think it's really interesting. So, um, you know, Louie, obviously, Nick are, are great comedians. Yep. Is there anyone that stands out in your mind that you just had a difficult time with that was a stand-up comedian there on the There are two of them, actually. Okay.
0: And I can't remember. It makes me sad I can't remember his last name, but he was on Saturday Night
2: Live. His name was Rich, but I can't remember his last name. Are you sure it wasn't Rob Schneider? was not rob
0: <laughs> i get along with really okay. well
2: because Rob, if yeah. I can just tell you quickly, yeah. uh, Rob is notorious for being grumpy. Yeah,
0: he's never been grumpy with me. <laughs> okay, <As a> matter of <laughs> fact, I have his phone number. He
2: gave me his phone number. Okay, he can call anytime. But you know the reputation. Yes. Okay. I do. I, I did do. a radio row with friends of mine at the Grammys <laughs> once. <laughs> uh, it was a pre-Grammy radio row, and I had multiple friends call me and say, "Hey, we're broadcasting. They were broadcasting in Los Angeles from Radio Row. I live in Los Angeles. Can you come down and join us and just have some fun?" So by the time Rob Schneider walks over to this table, I am just locked into being just Tracy Morgan on the air. I'm just I'm right. just uh, hey, we're broadcasting live back to St. Louis and we're being joined by Tracy Morgan and blah blah blah. So Rob Schneider comes over and they go, "Hey Tracy, um the host. This is my co-host, and this is Tracy Morgan. And I go, "Hey, what's happening, white people?" Or whatever I say. Right, right. You know, this Rob Schneider's making me horny. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: then, uh,
4: and
2: Rob stops, looks at me, and goes, "Wow, that's." He, he kind of smiles and he goes, "Man, you know," kind of gives me a, a nod, like, "Wow, I like that." And my buddy asks him a question that hit Rob the uh. wrong way. Oh, yeah, he can be really difficult.
0: Not and, with me ever, though. He
2: and great. Rob and my buddy start going back and forth. It escalates quickly Whoops. to where Rob stands up and shouts out, F you! Whoa. I will kick your ass if you keep asking me about that. And they go, man, we're sorry. We're just trying to ask you about <laughs> this question. And up. Rob goes, no, F you, F you, F you. Then he turns and looks at me and goes, it's a good Tracy Morgan and he walks away. <laughs> and my buddies go, man, Whoa. what an a-hole. And I went, it. No and I it. went, I don't know, I, I thought he was pretty nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he <was a> complimented <laughs> like me. me
2: before he walked away. No, so Last, all right, so yeah, there was a guy named Rick.
1: He was on okay. the podcast when you felt bad. You were sick. Who was? Rob.
2: No, but
0: he and I hit it off really, really well. He, was, he's call, he calls into the show once a he while. Was, he's terrific.
1: Yeah, and he was involved, he's involved in some sort of vitamin company. Okay. Oh, and he was trying to get Tom to take some vitamins. So he could oh, he feel was. Better. Yeah, he wanted me to take vitamins.
2: <laughs> really? I was yeah, you, were, about, you
1: were like so sick. I was. Yeah.
2: You were about to say, I need to qualify.
0: Uh, my, my my choice for, for the my two favorite comedians I've ever... One of the things, and I just talked about this again this week, is I've been doing radio now for 48 years. And there wow. was, a, well, there was a, about a five-year period in there where I just worked at Capitol Records. So it hasn't been 48 years straight, but it has been 34 years on the KQ Morning Show. Okay. So I do have to qualify something, that when I first started meeting all these people, um, I was floored by the fact, like, I get to sit down and talk to all these people. Of course. It was unbelievable. Hey. So I got to, you know, just because of who they the, they were, they're no longer with us. But to interview Rodney Dangerfield oh my God. and Don Rickles was unbelievable. Yeah. Right here. It was unbelievable. I made Don Rickles cry. We were just talking about this this morning. Because I, well, I just talked about it in here. With, last, hour. Hear, mm-hmm. last hour. Last uh, hour. That I, that, you know, that I, I said, hey, you know, I saw you on Run for Your Life with Ben Gazzari playing that character Willie Hatch. And everybody hated the comedian. And he has a nervous breakdown at the end. I said, that was some great acting, Don. And he teared up and said, that's so nice of you to say that. Hmm. He just, he, It was so sweet. It was unbelievable. And did, then,
2: he, did he bust your balls, too? No, he was,
0: it it kind of put him in a situation where he just was so grateful that somebody thought he was a good actor. Wow. But he was, what a gentleman. And then Rodney Dangerfield was honest to God. (laughs) I found out later in the day after I, I interviewed Rodney that he had been driving down the street in a rental car and he saw this woman and hit on her and tried to get her, you know, to get in the car. It was my wife. Get
1: out of here! He did not. Oh he out, of out of here. Here. He didn't try to get me in the car. Well, he was
2: hitting on but you. But he was hitting on you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that she clarifies, That's he didn't actually have sex with yeah. <laughs> me. That's the whole More argument.
4: More than once. <laughs> That's
2: the <a> whole <laughs> argument. Wow, Rodney, uh, I wish I had gotten a chance to work with, uh, or just even interact with him. I... I got to do an event. They opened a Rodney Dangerfield Institute 2 years yeah. ago in oh, Los yeah. Angeles where you can learn how to be a comedy writer oh. or a comedy performer. And at the grand opening of the Rodney Dangerfield Institute, we did a there was a live stage performance of Back to School. Right. And Brad Garrett played Rodney's character. Yeah. And yep. Brad Garrett uh, does an amazing Rodney Dangerfield does, yeah. And they had Paul I Rodriguez, like they had an all-star cast and they asked me to read for Professor Turgisson, which was Sam Kinnison's uh, oh. character. Oh, yeah. and did they want you to do it as Sam? Yeah, they, and I did it as Sam. That's I actually I, I got up in Brad Garrett's face and screamed at him and "Say
3: it! Say it! Say it!" <laughs> oh!
2: And Brad and I had never met each other before. He actually booked me within two days. He booked me to headline the Brad Garrett's really? Comedy Club in Vegas. In uh, Vegas, yeah. In oh, Vegas. Right. And, uh, yeah, Great he, guy. Man, we got along famously. And um, uh, Sam Kennison, by the way, I know I'm going down multiple rabbit holes no, here. that's fine. It's a good but conversation. I always think about moments that I, uh, there's moments that stick out of my mind as, as rare moments that I think, wow, that's really special. There used to be a half-hour show on late night on TV after Carson and after Letterman with Bob Costas. He used to do a show called Later, yeah, where he I did a 30-minute you know. interview. And everybody that Bob talked to invariably would stop and go, how did you know that? They, yeah. He really seemed to do his homework mm-hmm. on these people that he had on. And he had Sam Kinison on his show. And I thought, what the hell is Bob Costas going to know about Sam Kinison? Bob says... Sam, I used to watch you back at the comedy store, back in the early 80s. And back then, (laughs) your entire act was based on that day's obituaries. And I remember thinking, you know what? This guy's brilliant, but he's never going to make it because he's too dark. (laughs) what dark. And Sam stopped and went, oh, man, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I used to. uh..." And he explained the bit. And this is Dark. Apparently, Sam said, I, "I used to go on stage, and uh, be, before I had had an act, I would say, I would, I would grab the obituaries from that day's newspaper, and I go on stage and I go, I want to thank you guys for coming out tonight. Thanks for supporting stand-up comedy. I'll tell you a couple people that you won't be seeing here tonight. <laughs> <that> he
4: <laughs> and
2: he would start reading <laughs> off the names of people who just died, <laughs> and go like uh, Esther Goldberg." No, she, she didn't catch the bus. She's not here.
4: But apparently,
2: if you want to see Esther's work, you can see it this Sunday
1: Aww. at
2: Evergreen. And then It was insane. Aww. It was so dark. Not it was surprise, so, though. so dark. But Rodney, um, I got to meet uh, Rodney's widow. I got to, Oh, she's a sweetheart. She yeah. is a sweetheart. Yeah. She actually invited me to come over to the family home and showed me... Books and books of Rodney's television appearances. Mm-hmm. He wrote down his sets word for word really? did, you know, for every set that he did on The Tonight Show. Um, he And the notes were amazing. The very top of the page would say, what a crowd, and in parentheses, times two. Yeah. So he'd go, yeah. what a
3: crowd. What a crowd. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he, there was that much thinking that went into what he did. And as I went back and researched the movie to get ready to do the role in the live stage reading, it just hit me how perfect Rodney Dangerfield was. He was oh, God. so relatable. Amazing. Even to uh, uh, successful people. You could relate to this never catching a break and mm-hmm. getting no respect. Right. Yep. You know. You know it's it,
1: it's interesting. The lot of the to oh, yeah, take a break here. Can you? you I, hope, for I hold it.
2: On. Yeah, this is a good one. Hold my
1: ear
0: Ralph Basham in two minutes. Ralph is
3: again. about to say something shocking, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Better outrageous. <be> good. <laughs> Stay tuned or go to kissonline.com and click on my codpiece. I'll tell you what he says. <laughs> Back in two minutes.
0: Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good
4: for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
0: Now we're talking. Ladies and gentlemen, segment two, Craig Gas in studio. He is at uh, New Hope Cinema Grill Thursday night, two shows Friday night, two shows Saturday, and then he's at the Red Carpet in St. Cloud on Sunday for Father's
2: Day. Yeah, for Father's Day I'm doing uh, all the tickets are available at getgas.com. Getgas with two sscom dot com. I like it. Ralph Basham was asking a
1: question. Well, off, off air, we were talking about how, just how great a comedian uh, Rodney Dangerfield was. And I remember I grew up in a, I grew up in a wasp. You know, ultra white uh, household. And I, when I was about ten or twelve years old, I saw Rodney Dangerfield on the Ed Sullivan Show. Oh, oh man! God. And I saw this this New York Jew, and I looked at him and I go, "This is the best thing I have ever heard in my life." I was a lifelong fan. Yeah, yeah. we were at the Laugh Factory. Oh, this has been right before right before he passed. Oh yeah, at the Laugh Factory. And we're there, we're seeing some comedians, great show. And, and uh, the MC says, uh, We have a special guest tonight. We have, we have Rodney Dangerfield. And Rodney Dangerfield's in the crowd. He gets up on stage, he comes up on stage, shorts on, black socks, <laughs> these uh, white ol- old man shoes at the time. And he, he's got this loose kind of shirt, you know, just really loose, unbuttoned down, you know, three or four buttons, the hair sticking out. He's a little disheveled, and he, go, and he goes and he he starts warms up the crowd. Yeah, he, just, all of his standard kind of jokes warms yeah. the crowd up. Yeah, reaches into his pocket, pulls out a sheet that was torn out of a spiral notebook, spiral oh. ring notebook. Yeah, with jokes he was going to use on the Tonight Show in a couple of nights. Wow! Yeah. So this man really worked at this craft. I mean, it was it was like so many professionals. I mean, he had he had written these jokes and he said, "Well, I got to try these jokes out because when you when they tell them there, sure. everybody kind of laughs in the audience, but you you want you want to you know move the move the mark, yeah, so he goes and he reads through these jokes, and he hits so many he hits that timing, he hits that timing, people are laughing, people are laughing, he comes up to the last one, he hits that punchline. there's not a sound in the house, oh, not fine. a sound. he looks out, he goes, really he says, I thought that was the best one Wow I mean, it was just, to, to just see an insight for someone of that stature right? to expose himself to that vulnerable be vulnerable, yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. To do that, I mean how bomb. important
1: that well how important that is for comedians to do that because Jay Leno worked at the at the uh, uh, Hunting- comedy and magic but, club in, in Huntington yeah. Huntington Beach he did yep. every week he did an, I went I saw him there he did an hour hour and a half yep every Sunday every Sunday yep you know it was a for so pe- people that are really good really work at it they're writing they're thinking they're trying they're and then they're retrying rewriting and tre- retrying you know in you, that process and I have. In the past, I, comedians, I always thought, which, what would that the only job, their reason they're doing this? Because that's the only job they could get. They're right. goose, goose <laughs> in school. No, true. Right. Well, some yeah. of them are like and, that. And yeah. the peop, and, oh, but yeah. the people I've met who are truly successful really work. And yeah. they have an incredible yeah, work in, and they have an incredible intellect. And that's in every line of work? Yep. like you yeah, see, No true. different.
2: I noticed that successful people um, in all different formats of the entertainment business and all the different corners of the entertainment business are always open to suggestion and they work really hard at what they do and they um, uh, they usually will... Uh, pick up the phone, you know, and it's it's a well, it's I guess not maybe not everybody I can think of, but but there, but it is uh, something they they put energy into and and, and dedicate uh, as a craft. Can I curse on this podcast? Sure. Okay, because I got a big one.
0: <laughs> well, Cassie can edit it. This is also on radio stations around the yeah, state, I can but edit. she'll she'll edit it before. Okay,
2: it goes she it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do remember being at an open mic once with Mitch Hedberg. And Mitch uh, did, uh, I think we each had five minutes, so Mitch did three minutes, and then he pulled out a a sheet that he ripped from a legal pad, and he said, these are are some jokes that I just wrote that I want to try out right now. And he started with the first one that just kind of went, missed. (laughs) And then he tried the second one, missed the mark again. Some girl in the oh back and this is the most out of character Mitch story you'll ever hear some girl in the back of the room said
3: try the back of the paper <laughs> oh
2: and Mitch looked out it was so disruptive the way this woman yelled it out that Mitch looked in the back of the room to where that voice was coming from flipped over the paper and said oh yeah the back of the paper says tell that cunt in the corner to shut the <laughs>
3: fuck up
4: oh. <laughs>
2: Never Whoa. heard Mitch act like that before or since. Ooh. But yeah, yeah, that's a crap. I, I don't want to uh, get derailed, know. though, because Tom was starting to say, uh, he said that his two favorites that he got to talk to were Don Rickles and Roddy Nagefield. You started to say there were two guys who come up in the category... Of least favorite or just did or missed their mark on the show, and you started to say one of them was a guy who used to be on SNL. and His name was Rich something. You can't remember his last name. Was it Rich Hall? Yeah, there was a guy named Rich Hall. Yeah, Yeah. that was actually my second guess was Rich Hall. Oh, you said before I was thinking maybe you're thinking Rob Schneider because I know he has that reputation. But what happened with Rich Hall? Rich Hall came
0: in. He sat in the studio, and the whole time he was on the air, he didn't say a word. He read the newspaper. Get. Out loud, or he no. just wow. sat there reading the newspaper. He wouldn't even look up. Oh. Like, okay, that's mm. really great. That's. That's wonderful. Why wow. waste
1: everybody's time? Why wow. show up?
0: Joe from Louisville just texted me, but this guy, well, he's trying to do comedy. He doesn't qualify as a comedian, but Jeremy Piven
2: is the biggest prick I've ever met. I've first. heard that from a few people. Because oh, oh, Jeremy Piven right now is yeah. going to comedy clubs all over the yes, United States. Is, is right. he really? And he's, doing, he's, he's making himself available for uh, radio interviews to yes. promote these gigs. But he's terrible. And I'm hearing that from well, radio people all over the country. He's trying to
1: salvage his reputation, I'm guessing. Maybe. Well, and
2: not doing a good
0: job of it let's put it this way Like Craig Gass comes to town and your opening act is Catherine mm-hmm. right yep so you're both in studio yep so I'm interviewing both of you I'm not going to leave somebody just ignore them All yep right. at the end he stands up and goes you know maybe you should interview me because I'm the star
4: Ooh. get out of
3: here <laughs> no <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no diva
1: don't you know <laughs> who I
3: am oh my god wow and I oh,
1: told
4: him oh
2: that is a bummer
0: (laughs) i told him i'll give you a head start and then i'm coming after you oh (laughs) what a jerk wow that is a Um, bummer
2: and the other guy that was a complete pain in the ass was a guy named colin Kane. i think was his name you know what's weird i've heard this from another radio guy and i can't remember where but but there was at least one other person who said to me i didn't like colin Kane. it was terrible really
0: after i interviewed him he went to the airport, got on the plane, and left town. He never even did the weekend. Yes. Really? No, he just he blew it. Up for, I don't know. The guy, he said, you know, uh, I don't feel like being funny today. And I said, so far you're doing a great job. <laughs> right?
1: Right. I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> I agree with you. We're you're playing ball. funny in the
0: least. But he went on and on and on about how he, uh, he doesn't usually do radio. And I just, you I know, know, I get so many people to show up just going on Twitter. I don't need radio. And I, and I said, why would you come in here then? I don't really understand. And he, I said, get lost. So he got up and went to the airport and flew back
4: home. Wow. Never wow. made the appearance. Rick Bronson's house of comedy. Ceiling. I, oh, <laughs> I don't
2: understand that, and I, I don't I don't, de- I don't understand how how uh, how that perception happened, where people thought, well, radio is a certain style of radio. There's only one style, and they and they describe what used to be called the morning zoo style yeah, uh, of yeah. radio, which. Um, You know, I'm a fan of radio, I love radio, but I also do something that lends itself so perfectly to radio that that I can do voices and I can do, you know, just to reset the clock on this, this is, uh, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I've always been able to do any voice that I hear because of how I grew up. My whole family Mm -hmm. is deaf, and growing up in a deaf family, I couldn't learn how to talk from my family, I learned how to talk by copying all the voices I heard on TV. And when someone like Tom understands when I say to him, can I come on during Super Bowl week and just come in as a bunch of different celebrities it was saying awful things? And Tom said, that would be great. Yeah. And he understands that everyone's going to be driving going, oh, holy... Of course they're here. It's the Super Bowl. <laughs> Why would they be here? Everybody thought
0: they were all in
2: studio. Yeah, that, that oh, Tracy Morgan great. was in the studio. And, and I'm trying to give it away. Okay. I'm trying to show my hand by saying, well, you know, Tom says, what are you going to be doing in New Hope, Tracy Morgan?
1: Uh, well, I'm hanging out <laughs> with, with
3: Craig Gas. Craig doing a comedy show inside New Hope. I'm going to be in the parking lot making a porno. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to see comedy? Go inside the New Hope Cinema Grill. You want to be in a movie called Men in Bat? Come out
2: <laughs> and, to the white handy van in the parking lot and bring your own shoehorn. <laughs> <laughs> and people showed up to the club looking for a white handy in the oh, parking yes. lot. Yes. Yeah, as Christopher off. Walken, I was saying. And then, I, and I, I already said this on the air on KQ a couple days ago, but one of the voices I did, the driving, I just feel comfortable doing the voice was of Tom Arnold, uh, who has a history here in Minneapolis. He and knows. as Tom Arnold, I spent uh, the entire broadcast going, man. You know, uh, all these uh, celebrities uh, coming into town. It's. Uh, I was actually at a cocaine anonymous meeting last night uh, with Fran Tarkenton. I know this is hard to believe, but Fran loves crack cocaine. I probably shouldn't say that out loud, but Fran loves crack. And his sponsor is uh, is uh, is uh, OJ Simpson, who's you know addicted to murdering people, and uh, you know whatever. And I I kept naming any sports guy I could think of off the top of my head, and putting them in a Cocaine Anonymous meeting, in an Alcoholic Anonymous (laughs) meeting, in a Sex Addicts meeting. And uh, after we got done with that broadcast, the real Tom Arnold... Got flooded with angry tweets saying, "Hey, a hole! It's supposed to be anonymous. How about you keep your mouth shut?" And Tom Arnold fought everybody and said, "Hey, uh, did you notice that Sam Kinison was on the air? That guy's been dead for 20 years, you moron! That's a comedian. His name's Ass and he's performing a new hope. You jerk!" And uh, oh, and I loved it. And I love doing. I, I, you know, I, I would actually have like to come back and do that. You know, if you had time at the end of this week I'd love to come in and do more of that that is so oh, much fun Yeah, you absolutely to, to just should. come in and, and just come on as characters that can they don't have to be the focus of the whatever the the each break is about mm-hmm. they can just be in the background chiming in on all the stories and everything that's being discussed and everybody can take their own angle anything you say Gene Simmons will say I can make money off that <laughs> Any, anything that, uh, I money off that anything that you're discussing yeah. on the air Tracy Moore can come in and go. I can have sex with that. You know, it's like everybody can have their own angle of how they respond to everything. So I love, love radio for that. But um, I do too. It's uh, it is fascinating to me how many people misunderstand the the power that radio has, and um, yeah,
3: it
0: still does. too yeah. it's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, and also by the way, when I mentioned that era of radio where it was drugs it was, everywhere, yeah. like how do you how did you survive that era? I didn't do drugs ever. Never.
0: I was not. I smoked a little pot. That was about it. And I no, was never it? a cocaine guy. Even in the record business, it was everywhere. Really. But I had the thing about that was weird about the, the record business is, is the drinking did get out of control. Yeah. There's No doubt about that. Because you would come into a party like Boz Kags was in town one time. I got a call. Hey, Boz having a deal at his uh, at his hotel suite. So come on over. And I went over there, and I walk in. They said, what, "What do you want to drink?" And I said, oh, excuse me, I was on the phone still, and they said, what what do you want to drink? I said, yeah, just a couple of Heineken would be good. I get there, and the entire tub is full of Heineken. Really? It's not just we'll get a six-pack. It's like fill the thing up, and I'm the only one that was drinking it. I mean, it's like, you know,
1: like, okay, well. (laughs) I didn't drink it all. Ah, damn.
2: Way to social responsibility there. But, yeah, (laughs) it was a different era, man. And did you... Did you end up working with people who struggled with addictions? and that, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, and, and they were just, I think that people like me who have that personality are just different than other people yeah. who, who don't understand it. And it's amazing. There, there was a guy in Fort Myers, Florida that I met years ago when I first got clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a heart attack. Uh, oh
0: God! Yeah. Really? That'll do it. Yeah, I, think that, I should slow down. Well, and, oh, and here's, How old
2: are you? I was 32 when I had the heart attack, wow. and then uh, and here's the really ridiculous thing: I got sober on the two-year anniversary of my heart attack. <laughs> well, <Wow, so laughs> yeah, that's good. I, the, the heart attack scared me straight for a long time. Yeah. I was in a really uh, unhealthy relationship with this crazy, crazy girl, and I relapsed to get back at her. Stupid. Um and uh, and then I got on the two year anniversary a light bulb came on mm. and sadly by the way in that first year that I got clean you know that was I lost seven of my friends seven oh, uh, seven. Oh, my seven of my God. friends died in the first year they got clean all comedians
1: well that's sobering
2: four drug overdoses and three drinking and driving car accidents yeah. and that yeah. your oh, the, the sobering is the perfect word because each one of those deaths Mitch was the first. Each one of those deaths made me go, wow, I I can't really turn around now. But there was a guy in Fort Myers who I met uh, who I'd heard he had a a huge reputation for being a very popular local radio show host. He was also a popular uh, drug addict. Uh, It was it was known that he struggled with drug addiction. And by the time I got to this show, it was two of the three guys that used to be apparently this powerhouse show that Mm -hmm. used to dominate the ratings in Fort Myers, Florida. Right. And I became fast friends with these two guys. And they told me, man, if you think this show is fun, we're missing our captain. Uh, This guy, he was the he's the mayor of this town. Everybody loves him. But unfortunately, he's got some problems with drugs. I also had problems at the time, so um, I didn't make any judgment about it, and then I came back a couple years later and found out that this guy was now clean and sober, and oh, good. And I was newly sober. I think I was three or four months sober at the time, and I met the guy. and He and I bonded, and he actually gave me a book and wrote a little inscription on it and said, I, I think it helped me. I think this book will help you. And I was really happy to meet him. Uh, I felt a strong connection to him. And uh, a year later, uh, these guys were given a second chance at life. They used to be the big morning show in town, but by the time this this captain of the team came back, right. they were put on afternoon drive. Oh, yeah. And, but they were doing so well that they were moved to mornings. And apparently the numbers oh. jumped as soon as they started, and they started crushing in Fort Myers again. And after the first book that came out that showed their numbers were great, the guy disappeared. Oh, yeah, no one saw him for yep. five or six days. Couldn't uh. reach him by phone. Couldn't, you know. Uh, apparently, one of the co-hosts on the show actually went to a drug dealer's house Ooh. and threatened the guy's life and said, "If I see my buddy here, I'm I'm coming after you. I know I know you've got something to do with this." And uh, he finally called in and said, "Hey guys, sorry, I I messed up. I'm I'm back on drugs again." And he was dead within a month or two oh. after that, oh, God. and um, and he died on the day that I got one year clean. God. And uh, I went to Florida. I found out where he was, uh, where he was buried, and I put my coin. Yeah, you're, you're in, the in the ground. Silver coin. Yeah, yeah. In the That's a yeah. great idea. Yeah, and. Uh, because he helped me. He helped me get to where I needed to
0: go. Hi, it's Tom. After achieving my goal of losing 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy brothers and the amazing staff at Nutrimost in Plymouth, I'd like to encourage you to let Nutrimost help you shed those unwanted pounds too. Besides eating fresh foods, another one of the reasons that the Nutrimost Weight Loss Plan works so well is the one-on-one coaching that you receive. We all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So, how long have you been trying to lose weight on your own without the help of a coach? When you have someone keeping you accountable, it makes achieving your goal so much easier. Make a commitment to your health and let Nutrimal's help you with your weight loss journey. I encourage you to schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutrimal's free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, June 24th at Jake's in Plymouth. Neutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Call now, 763-333-7337. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it
2: takes. It's amazing how many talented people that you will meet in life, in radio, in comedy, who you go, man, this guy's on his way, but they can't get out of their own way. No doubt about that. Drugs. Anything. They just, you know, m- maybe a lack of motivation, a lack of focus. They can't get out of their own way. Well, I think part of that might be like, remember the
0: first time or the first week you walked out on uh, on stage and saw, you know, several hundred people and you go, they're here to see me. Yeah. That's a hell of an impact on a human being, man. Sure. You walk out and go, they're all here to see me. And it, uh, it
2: does bother you a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Like,
2: why do I? Well, well, you start questioning yourself. Well, the pressure. But
1: that's a real thing.
2: Pressure, but Tom is also bringing up something that's that's a really good point. I was always aware of what people thought. You know, they're, they're, when when you hear somebody who says you know they don't like you, or through other friends you find out somebody doesn't like you for one reason or another. And uh, if three or four of your friends look at you and go, man, that that guy really hates you, then that guy probably hates you. Yeah. Right. And then to see because something changed in my life. That person now wants to be my friend. We'll just roll through. Okay. We will We can do that, can't we? Cassie
0: just roll through to 30 and then edit in
2: mm-hmm. the... Okay, good. Just keep going. That's good. Sorry. Years later... To, to, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Uh, years later to find out that the same person who, for whatever reason, doesn't like you as a person, now right, wants to be right. your friend, Yeah. you sit yeah. there and go, well, wait a second. I, I, I know you don't like me. But now because I'm doing really well in this area of my life, yeah. you want to hang out with me. Yeah, And I would yeah. have people that, again, I know they don't like me. I've heard the stories. They never approach me. They were never friendly to me. And I would hear through the grapevine, well, that guy doesn't like you for this reason or that reason. And that person would years later, come to me and go, man, I am so proud of you, man. I I was telling my girlfriend, hey, I've known that guy (laughs) since the beginning. It's a different deal. And and I knew, man, I'm so proud of you, man. I'm so happy for you. You know, you have people that you just, and you just, you do start to question like, man, this is weird because I know you're not being sincere. I know you don't like me. So it does mess with you when you wonder like, you know, why are these people here to see me? Your own insecurities come to the surface about you know i've actually oh, talked yeah. to louie anderson about this a lot yeah oh yeah uh, about sometimes when you, you you can sometimes not feel good about yourself and be standing on stage in front of a crowd of people that are just laughing and mm-hmm. and cheering and then you know for whatever reason you might feel something inside that just doesn't line up with that but um but now,
1: it if, seems like a lot of comedians have a lot of you know issues yeah. in, they're insecure Yeah. they're this way I think you have to give some people just some latitude because, like you said, if maybe they were doing a lot of drugs and they met you and you're sober and they're mm-hmm. jealous of your sobriety. Yeah. It could be anything.
2: Yeah, I think over time, I have I mean, I'm a pretty happy person for no other reason than the fact that I, my, my compass has always been set to, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, yeah. knowing that has always <clears> kept <throat> me deeply appreciative for little things in life, friendships, uh, a good meal with a friend yeah, or a couple friends that you care about, laughter, uh, sunsets. Uh, there, there's just little things that I appreciate so much about life. And even bad moments in life, I just find a way. And maybe it's because I grew up in a deaf family and and we learned how to laugh at the... Uh, at that handicap You would tell me what your oh.
0: sister said It was hilarious My sister I should explain that both your parents And your sister were deaf
2: Yes And the way it happened is My mom was born completely deaf From a birth defect mm-hmm. My dad was born with all of his hearing Lost it as a kid He got into an accident That popped out mm-hmm. his eardrums He, had, oh, he wow. had to go to deaf schools For the rest of his life mm-hmm. So he met my mom At an all deaf high school in New York They have my sister first My sister's born with my mom's genes Completely deaf and then I'm born with my dad's genes, with all my hearing, so I'm the only one in my family who can hear. Uh, and uh, there's a couple of <laughs> interesting things that happened there. Number one, true, yeah. being the only person that could hear, I ended up being the interpreter for my mom for her divorce. Oh god! <laughs> uh, when I was four years old, uh, and I, I was four, and, and it, oh, wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't. I didn't go to court with my mom this was uh when she had to talk to lawyers (laughs) deaf people now have a have this um way to communicate with the outside world where they use something called a relay service they contact a relay service and it's an operator who can contact the outside world and vice versa but before that she had someone in the house who could hear and she'd say i need you to make these phone calls for me and i'm four years old getting this huge vocabulary lesson. Plus my mom is standing on top of me going, tell him your father's the son of a bitch. And I was like, hey, you got
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: screw this guy, I'll help you, mom. And, uh, uh, but my sister, oh, uh, I always say like people get sensitive when I talk about growing up in a deaf family. Meanwhile, the most insensitive deaf jokes I've ever heard were from my own deaf family. My sister last year, I threw my sister a surprise birthday party, and uh, which you can argue Everything to deaf people is a surprise. But I threw a surprise birthday party for my sister. At dinner, my sister is sitting across the table from me. She's signing to me in in sign language. And she says, do you want to hear a good joke? And I said, sure. And then she said, (laughs) me too.
4: And I was like, oh my god. What
2: the hell like oh my god And I remember saying her like that's a good joke and she went, Ah, that old
4: deaf joke
2: She thought it was like a hacky deaf joke and I went, No, that's a great joke." great joke. But I've always been somebody who appreciates uh even failures in life because I know that failures are great lessons and I personally get a huge kick out of bad shows. Even hearing about a bad show, you know, like I did a show once in Oklahoma. Was it? Yeah, it was Oklahoma City. I had a guy opening for me in Oklahoma City who he's on stage, and I can tell there's something going on on this side of the stage that this guy is distracted by. He keeps, he's doing his set, but he keeps looking down. And then finally he just stopped and went, Ma'am, am, am I that ugly that you won't even look at me? <laughs> there you I guess, go. God, well, I mean, she won't even look me in the face. Like, what are you, freaking blind or something? Oh, God. Oh, are you blind? Oh my god. And the whole crowd freezes. And the guy makes one of the biggest rookie mistakes. He tries to go back into his act uh, and says, uh, so you guys ever go to Walmart and everyone, who cares about Walmart? I you made fun <laughs> of a blind woman! And he goes, I'm sorry, I'm
3: sorry,
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody's laughing except uh, for me oh, and two no. other comedians in the back who are laughing our asses As off. At the situation. Yeah. 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 I, I think my favorite bombing story unfortunately didn't <laughs> happen to me. It happened to Dane Cook Um I feel like I heard a drop in the audio. Can you still hear me okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Dane Cook had a story about a club we all started at in New York. It was in New York, but it was called the Boston Comedy Club. It was. It's actually featured on the TV show Crashing Now on HBO. And Dane had an amazing story about being on stage one night on a Tuesday night at 1.30 in the morning. He's performing for six people. Oh. Oh, it's God. everyone in this room is six the comedy crowd. People. Oh, six wow. people. One of the six people, it should be noted, had all of their groceries on the table. <laughs> because people walk by in front of the comedy club. Hey, comedy show, come on, comedy show. No cover. And the guy like, eh, I got my groceries. I'll help you with the groceries. Come on, it. here, just two drink minimum. Come on, like you know. So the bouncer helps this guy with his shopping bags and puts it on the table and lets the guy sit down and watch the comedy show. Dane <laughs> cook is bombing. He's got no energy from this crowd. Ground. One of the audience members who is hammered gets up, starts stumbling to the restroom, closes the door, and starts violently vomiting in the bathroom. To <laughs> oh so where the other five people in the room are are they can't watch Dan. They're, they're worried about this guy because they keep hearing uh, And then the noise finally stops. There's a pause before they hear the toilet flushes the guy comes back out starts stumbling back over to his seat Dane is just standing on stage watching him and he goes are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) are you do you feel okay? are you and the guy goes oh no I just I had some bad comedy and everyone
4: goes (laughs) yeah
3: I finally each other. The guy with the groceries is throwing his groceries in the air. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just owned him. They just wow.
2: owned him, That's and I just—oh my coffee. god! Uh, if you can't laugh that. at that and go, yeah. you know what? That's just an awesome moment. That, that, was, that you know, was I, a
1: great comeback. You have to enjoy <laughs> moments like that.
2: So. I, I think the name of this episode should be "Craig Never Shuts Up." This is. Uh, and no, no, I, no, I think I, it's a great segment. I, 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 I
0: apologize. You know, while you were talking about you know radio and people in radio and, and all that stuff, we were talking. You were talking about that. While you were talking about that, I got a bunch of text messages. Uh-oh. Uh oh. The the program director sends me three text messages. Uh oh. Because the book just came out. The spring book just came out. Awesome, woo-hoo, fuck yeah. <laughs> wow. Then I get another one from the sales department. Nice month.
3: <laughs> really? <laughs> it's
0: like nothing will ever change, no, man. Yeah,
1: your sales department will never kiss your wait, butt. Wait a minute. <laughs> you
0: don't have a 100 share? What's no, the problem? No what. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that hilarious?
2: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Just... It's, it's yeah. really amazing the different... Uh, the, and I'm always obsessed with those mechanics and all those... Uh, uh, different things going on behind the scenes, which is why I love hearing stories about right. beyond what I listen to on the radio. What is your perspective? What, what What did you wish you had more of from one guy or another, and and who came in and blew your socks off that really knew how right. to, you know? I mean, the stories about Rodney, uh, Norm McDonald had an amazing story that was similar to yours about just seeing him show up one night, except that Norm was at the improv the day that. Rodney Dangerfield got married. Rodney actually went from his wedding in a tux to the improv to do a set. And and I wish I could remember the entire bit that he did because Norm described it. But I just remember the first line. So Rodney walks in with his bride wearing a wedding dress. They go, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he just straight from his wedding Please welcome Ronnie to a place goes nuts. He's got his tux. He goes, yeah, I just got married. The whole place is going crazy. And he goes, yeah, there's this my wife right there. Give her a round of applause. And, and his wife stands up in her gown and waves. Everybody's cheering. And then as the applause starts to go down, Ronnie goes, yeah, but she's no prize. <laughs> <laughs> he starts bagging on her. And it was like, oh, my God. Like, he just still... <laughs> stuck to being a comedian he was still gonna yeah. make jokes and he just he just bagged on her for 20 minutes and about his marriage we got a
0: minute to go but i gotta tell you a 30 second story Please. and then we'll do the closer jeff cesario yes walking down the street with jerry seinfeld <laughs> in new york okay right seinfeld cesario walking down a the street they run into rodney dangerfield and <laughs> seinfeld says rodney I, I want to introduce you to a new young man in comedy, does a great job, he's wonderful, meet Jeff Cesario. And Rodney says, Cesario, huh? (laughs) Stick to the tumbling. (laughs) <laughs> to be an acrobat
4: that's that one
0: of the greatest stories i've ever heard in my life oh my god in my life craig gas ladies and <sighs> gentlemen thursday night the show at new Hope cinema grill friday and saturday two shows seven and nine o'clock and then what's showtime up in uh, red carpet in st cloud on sunday i
2: want to say it's 7 p.m on sunday seven or seven thirty. and all the info is at getgas.com. gas.com get gas with two s's and uh, there may be some celebrities in Minneapolis who might be stopping by your show later this week. Who uh, Who think, knows? Yeah. Really?
0: Well, you know, with the big celebration of the month of June. Sure. With summer arriving. Flag Day coming up. That's
2: when everybody wants to <laughs> yeah, be here. Flag Day. Was, yeah. We'll be
0: here for Flag Day. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Nobody brings in more celebrities than Flag all Day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Gass, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.